excited to be up here with the opportunity to talk about God's Word. And if, uh, if you were here last week, there was a sermon we had last week that is the uh, prequel to this one. So if I say something and you're like, hmm, I wonder what it means by that. You might need to check out the one from last week. That'll give you a little bit more context. That's right. But you know, before we get into the lesson, you know, it's interesting. This past week has been crazy. Yes. It has been, I don't know, has anybody else had a crazy week? Yes. Okay, other people have crazy weeks too. I get it. Right? So this past week, because I'm an educator, we're getting ready for school starting next week. So that means everything at work is a lot more intense. Yeah. Because when you have 1,200 kids coming back into the building, you better have a lot of plans. That's right. <laughs> the most important plan is getting them in the building, feeding them, and then sending them home. That's right. In between that, you got to get some classes done and all that. But we got to be able to get them in the building, we got to feed them, and we got to send them. We got to feed them twice, by the way. Oh, wow. Breakfast, lunch. Oh, wow. Two times, right? A lot of planning goes into that. A lot of planning. But on top of that, I'm taking two courses. I'm in the doctoral program at UAB, Context, Culture, and Policy. But I'm taking two courses, one on sociology that's finishing up, and one is on statistics. Oh. Wow. And statistics is like, for me, just like learning Latin. <laughs> like in college, I took a philosophy class that they told me would count as a math credit so I could avoid taking a math class. Wow. That's like how desperate I am to avoid math. And here I am face to face with qualitative and quantitative statistics. Come on. And that is my arch nemesis. So I gotta read things like five times. I gotta listen to the video like five times. And then I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, what'd they say? Right? So I actually missed midweek. I heard it was great. We were out of the park, but yeah. I missed it doing yeah. schoolwork. I had deadlines coming up and I was doing schoolwork from like seven in the morning to like eleven thirty at night. Oh wow. It was just an all-day school marathon. Wow. Not fun. But it's to be expected when you're in a graduate program, right? You gotta get your coursework done. So anyway, if you are a driving person to work, I know we got some remote workers out there, be prepared because next week your driving routine will be severely impacted by the back to school rush. That's right. If you thought you could get to work in 10, 15 minutes, you thought wrong next week. You better be ready for the rush that is coming with traffic, right? But I hope you did have a chance to digest last week's lesson and that you're ready to kind of have another meal today. We'll have a spiritual meal here, so let's go to God and pray one more time. Come on, son. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your word, which brings light to every dark area we have. Thank you so much for that, that you're patient with us, that you love us, that we do so much better when we draw near to you. And I, Father, I pray that we can draw nearer to you and to each other. I pray for your Holy Spirit to move powerfully, that you move me out the way, that you speak to the lives and circumstances that we have in this room and online and draw them near to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so where we're coming from is last week, very quick, uh, we talked about the gospel. And one of the things I asked you is I asked you to work on this, and you may have done your homework, Come on. and you may not have. But, you know, here's the thing. You always got a chance to do some makeup work. I asked you what your conviction was about the gospel. 
We talked about how the gospel is good news. Right. But we don't always treat it that way, right? We don't always treat it like it's good news. We treat it like it's a burden, a heavy burden to bear. Mm -hmm. Right? And there's a lot of different factors in that. So I asked you what you think about it, what is your conviction about it, and then, then we moved into what does God say it is. Man. Right? Because that's really where we got to get to. Yeah. Right? And we're going to have the healthiest perspective is, what is God's perspective of the gospel? Right? right? And along the way, in throughout the time of church history, there are always going to be challenges and false teachings that come in. Mm -hmm. And that is why we have the wolf in sheep's clothing pictured up there. Right. Because there are challenges to protecting the purity and the beauty and the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, you know, Paul wrote this to the Galatian church, and the Galatian church were running a good race for a while. But then people cut in, the circumcision group, and they cut in, and then it was chaos within the congregation. Yeah. All right? We have a lot of chaos here. And so the, if you're looking for a target of this lesson, this is the same target as last week. All right? Same target as last week is Galatians 5, 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Amen. Amen. Right? So when you leave today, the big thing is, are you finding a new way to express your faith through love? Amen. Are you connecting with more opportunities that God is laying on your heart to express your faith through love? Right? That's the, in a nutshell, if you're going to leave with one thing, that's what I want you to leave on. Okay? As we go to the next one, this was it, it's a little blurred for the people in the back, but I couldn't find a better one uh, over the course of the week. But, you know, when we talk about false teachings, you know, we generally land on two extremes. We're either really legalistic and we expect ourselves to perform our way into a relationship with God. Amen. Right? Yep. Or we're on the other way where we got a license to sin and God is just a proverbial grandfather who doesn't care what we do. And we don't have a conviction about the seriousness of how sin hurts and offends God. Right. Mm -hmm. right. right? But what we have in the middle through the Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to call him Abba, which is Father, like a baby. We have the opportunity to have this powerful relationship, not religion, relationship with God. Yeah. Amen. And relationship thrives under the context of devotion, not perfection, and not being cavalier. Right. It thrives under devotion. Because we understand that we are flawed. We are going to make mistakes. But we are committed to making Jesus Lord. Amen. Why? Because what he did for us right. in the gospel. Right. Yep. Because he loved us first. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right? So, you know, as we are going, we understand that last week we talked about this a bit longer. We talked about, you know, for those that have obeyed the gospel and been born of water and spirit, made Jesus Lord and are thriving and chasing down that relationship with God, you understand that you feel this inner conflict all the time. This conflict between what the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you to do and then what your flesh wants to do. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, you're just giving full weight to the flesh all the time. You're not even in this conversation. But the struggle is here for those who have obeyed because there's this conflict constantly there between our flesh and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. And we talk about how the acts of the simple nature are obvious. You know, a lot of us came into contact with that scripture about 
the listing of sins when we were studying the Bible, you know, the context of this was written to a church. Yes. These were people who were believers. And he's like, look, these are sins and they're obvious. So it's not just something that we use to come to know Christ. It's something that we have to constantly come back to Amen. as Christians. Amen. Right? But we talked about how when being a temple of the Lord, if we got the Lord in us, we got the Spirit in us, we want to have a clean house. Yes. Right. We want to have a nice house. And I told you, look, I'll, I'll probably never, ever, 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 ever be able to live in one of these houses. Right? But what I can do is I can help other people, and then I myself can have houses like this for the Lord and God. But it takes us working together. So let's get some ground rules before we go into talking about this next step of the gospel being more than enough, part two. So ground rules. Okay? So here's some ground rules that are in my house. I'm going to try to use some very basic analogies that I want you to transfer to some spiritual principles. Come on. Okay? Now, every morning, part of my routine in the house is I have to take out the trash. Right? I go empty the small trash can, the big trash can, I take the trash out. Every Tuesday and Friday, guess what I need to do? I need to take the trash up to the top of the rows and then it gets taken away. That's right. Now, if I decide to stop taking out the trash, what's going to happen inside my house besides my wife killing me? <laughs> that trash is going to build up, isn't it? And it's not only going to do that, it's going to smell. Right. Some insects might start coming around, right? I might have a pesticide problem. Right. Right? Then we might start getting some infections. Like the, the consequences for that are endless. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Just for me, maybe not wanting to take out my trash. Right. Right. Same thing with my laundry. Look, I can get tired of doing laundry all I want to. If I stop doing laundry, I'm not going to have any clean clothes to go to work in. Right. right. Now, when I was a little kid, I thought my dad wore the same Air Force uniform every day. <laughs> wow. He's in the Air Force. He wore the same thing every day. And I really thought he only had one pair, and he wore that every day. <laughs> And then I went in his closet one day and I saw he had 10 pairs. Right. Good though, right? right. Got to stay clean. But that's a universal principle that we have, right? That if you don't do your laundry, you're not going to have clean clothes, right? right? Yeah. And the same thing economically. If I spend more than I have, am I going to have any more money? No. 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 I'm not going to have. If I don't go to work, am I going to make any more money? No. 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 These are universal principles that we're okay with. Well, maybe we're not okay with them, but we get them. Yeah. We get the reality of their impact in our lives. Yeah. But I don't know about you, but sometimes when it gets to spiritual stuff, I just I disconnect from practical thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I really get disconnected from practical thinking and thinking about, wow, this is really a lot more practical than I'm making it. Like, I'm making it complicated because of all my feelings and all my emotions and, yeah. you know, what's happened to me in my life and all this stuff. I'm not saying we don't get to work through that stuff. <coughs> But what I am saying is, there are times when God brings a lot of clarity to one of my struggles. And a lot of simplicity when I made things more complicated. Yeah. Can you agree with me on that? Yes. Yeah. So these are some ground rules that we're doing coming in. So I want you to get over to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read there. We're going to read a little bit of what we read last week. We're going to start verse 22. But then we're going to roll on through to this chapter 6, verse 10. So it's going to be a big serving of food. Then we're going to go back and we're going to break it down into some chunks and try to understand it a little bit better. Okay? But we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to start off with the inspiring part about the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to read more about the acts of the flesh, you can do that on your own later. We did that a lot last week and kind of revisited that. But in verse 22 it said, But the fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in a way that you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Amen. The beautiful passage that hits on so many different points, and we're not going to cover all of them. I do encourage you to go back and study it and to really make sure and really test what you're hearing from me. Right? Is that from God? Yes. Spirit reinforcing that. Right? To make sure that that is true because that's your responsibility in receiving the word is to test it. Amen. Right? To digest it the right way. Yeah. But when we talk about this, and here's, so this goes back to the ground rules I said. We're going to have trash. We're going to have laundry. We're going to have to go to work. We are going to sin. Do we all understand that? Yes. We are all going to sin. We are, we are people in sin right now. Right? We are going to sin. Right. That's why we need Jesus. Yeah. That's right. What we are striving for is not to have a continual habit of our lives of sin. We want to follow the Holy Spirit. That's right. And that being devoted to that is going to be not as efficient as we all want it to be. You see, I like things efficient. Trust me, when you got 1,200 kids coming in the building, you better be efficient in your planning. Right? Down the window, a kid goes from one class to the next, otherwise they're going to be running into each other in the hallway. Right. right. Right? But my life is not that way. Right. My life, my sin, my feelings, they're not clean and efficient. Right. Amen. They're messy. Yeah. And they'll never stop being messy. Which is why God doesn't have me trying to figure it all out myself. Which is why I have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Which is why I have God's people. Which is why I have God's word. Because I need all of it repeatedly Amen. to keep getting back in step. Amen. So when we're talking about, hey, doing this stuff is good. Hey, look, we I, I would think that most of us in here want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Are we in agreement on that? Yes. But that it's really hard to do that when we get into dealing with ourselves. Right. And other people, which is really just more dealing with ourselves more. Yeah. <laughs> we like to make it about other people. We like to make it about our spouse or this other brother or sister or someone else. But the reality is, when it comes down to it, it's really more about us. Yeah. Right? 
So when we go into this, and so when I read this passage, I always disconnect in chapter 5 from chapter 6. My brain gets too much. I think too much, right? Okay, this is separate. i got to move on. But when you read it, how it all flows together, it makes sense, doesn't it? Right. Because when it talks about the acts of the sinful nature being obvious and then the fruit of the Spirit, and then because the Holy Spirit knows that we're going to mess up, it goes right into how you help restore somebody. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a natural conclusion because we're fallen people that we're going to need to be restored. Amen. Right? So when it goes into that and we talk about it, it says, brothers and sisters, if someone of you is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore them gently. That's important, isn't it? Yes. Like, how many of y'all have benefited from the fact that somebody restored you gently in situations? Now, how many of you have, have felt pretty hurt when someone wasn't that gentle with you? Yeah. I've been the person not being gentle. Ooh. Right? Hurting somebody else. They're caught in a scene and I'm making it worse. It's kind of like when you're getting ready and you're like your whole family's running late and you're like trying to rush everybody and then you break a glass. You just make everything worse. Now you're even later. Right? You know, but there's some common principles we've got to come to grips with here. Number one, there's a place we need to be spiritually before we can help somebody else, right? Amen. But that's not an excuse not to go help somebody else. What that is is that puts more accountability on you getting yourself where you need to be so you can go help that person. Amen. Yeah. Right? We've got to take the plank out of our own eye before we can take the speck out of somebody else's. Amen. A usual rule of thumb for me is the more passionate I am about something, the more I need to slow down. The more incensed I am by something being done by somebody else, the more I need to walk back, pray, get advice, Talk about it, read the scriptures, so that when I have that conversation with somebody, I can have it in a way that sets them up to win. So those are some things to think about when we benefit from that and how we can be that for other people. That is a part of our journey as a family. That's not a responsibility, oh, for the leadership group. Oh, somebody in the leadership group should talk to somebody about that. Right. Uh, God put it on your heart. You need to get yourself where you need to be. Exactly. And then you need to go talk to them. Amen. 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 Come on. You know, but then, you know, here's the thing. We need to carry each other's burdens. And if there's a strength I've seen in this congregation over the 18 years my wife has been here, it has been the way that we have rallied at times when someone was hurt. Yeah. And I can go back and list through a lot of things that were heavy and hard. Yeah. And I've seen people just really push themselves to be just like this just like this picture that you see here. To pull somebody off the ledge. Right? Pull somebody out of a real dark time, real hard time. It really help them. Right? But at the same time, too, there's another scripture that almost seems contradictory to the one of sharing your burdens. Because it says that for each one should carry their own load. So what is this? Are we to carry each other's burdens or not? Right? Am I supposed to carry a burden or, or are they supposed to carry their own load? The answer is yes to both. Right? Here's the thing. I've been dealing with chronic pain in my body uh, for the last 23 years. The last 23 years of my life. I used to be a college athlete. I used to be an athlete. 
I used to be able to go out and play pickup basketball. Now my exercise is limited to walking. I used to make fun of people like that. I have pulled a sled over 500 pounds on it before. Now, I'd be lucky when, when, my, when I'm wearing my backpack and I step on the curb the wrong way that I don't hurt something. Right? And because I'm functional, people see it a lot less. Right? Because I can walk around at work, but if I stand too long, sit too long, walk too long, I'm always in pain. So here's the thing. I can share my burden about that with my wife and my daughter. I can share my burden about that with you. What it's like to live in chronic pain. But I still have to make the decision of who I'm going to be in that circumstance. I still have to make the decision, am I going to say, but God created this circumstance for me. But God has a purpose for this for me. And one of the concerns I have in our congregation is are we expecting somebody else to carry our load? Mm. Wow. Come on. Mm. Are you expecting somebody else to come in and carry your load, which you're supposed to be picking up right now, mm. that God has put on your heart to pick up? Mm. Not just for you, but for the family. Wow. There's always a duality of purpose. It's not just about your individual American pursuit of dreams. It is about the kingdom of God. And anytime we're talking about the reign and rule of God, we're talking about how God is inspiring you and you to act within the family of God. As you see the importance of that in the last verse we read, because it said, do good to all people, especially the body of believers. Come on. There's a priority there if you have to choose which one you put higher. Yeah. I love when God makes things simple. Yeah. Because I don't. I make things complicated. Amen. Maybe you're like me. Come on, son. But you know, some of us, I know what you're saying. You're sitting there and you're like, but you don't understand what I've been through in my life. And you're right. I do not, and I will never. But God does. Yep. Come on. That's right. And here's the thing. A lot of us could be right here right now. And our load is a lot bigger than the previous slide. Now see, over here, when they're out there doing the mountain climbing, they're doing the bare essentials of what they need to get from point A to point B. Right. Yeah. right? Because when you're going hiking like that, it's not like you're going to carry around, you know, three laptops, <laughs> a mini fridge. If you are, you're really delusional, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But we, that's funny. And look I, look, I made the joke. I laugh too. But that's what we do here. Yeah. That's what we do with life. Instead of just keeping the gospel in our backpack. We make it a lot more complicated. That's right. We put rules on top of ourselves for performing. Or maybe we get completely cavalier to the word of God and we're just going to do it our own way. Yep. The national anthem of hell. I did it my way. Wow. Wow. Something to think about. Yeah. Right? So that quote, I was like, hmm. I say I a lot. So here's the thing. You may need help unpacking this stuff. But you still got to make decisions on carrying your load. That's right. You know, Jesus said that we can get 
really tied down by the worries of life, the, the worries, the anxieties, the pleasures. And he said that the seed that was thrown along there got choked out. So what we are naturally inclined to do is self-destruct if we're not careful. Right. So one thing I would ask you to do is to think about that. If you feel like your load is too heavy right now, are there some things you need to get rid of? Then mm -hmm. reading the Word of God, getting with God's people, and being diligent and taking initiative about how you lighten that load. Amen? Amen. Amen. But you know, throughout all those verses, there are so many warnings that are in there. Does anybody read labels when they eat? Anybody do that? We got some people that read labels like, we got some calorie counters in here? God bless you. I, like I told you, I hate math. I can't do calorie counters. I just like stay away from bread. That's my best, you know, natural reaction to what I need to do if I'm trying to lose weight. Stay away from bread. Pasta, right? But you know, there are warning labels all the time on things. And they're always trying to give us a heads up on what's going into our bodies, right? You know, similarly, in the scriptures, there are all these warnings that are in there in trying to live by the Spirit, right? So right after it talks about keeping in step with the Spirit, it talks about let us not become conceited, provoking and envying of one another. Hmm. Right? But watch yourself. You know, like right after you restore someone gently, it says watch yourself or you may be tempted. And then the last one, if you think you're something when you're nothing, and you deceive yourselves. You know, these signs, these caution wet floor signs are very valuable in the school. Because if you don't put them up, you can get sued. And you're always going to have a wet floor because someone's always going to spill something. Someone's always going to throw up. Someone's always going to drop their food. Right? That's what that's life in the school. I'm sorry. Now you're like TMI, but hey, that's just what's happening. That's right. We got stuff happening all the time. So you always have a mop bucket around. You always have the floor getting wet. Right. You always have the floor getting clean. And you always have to have some caution signs out. Yep. Are we paying attention to those caution signs? Right? The scriptures have them in there for a reason. Mm -hmm. But you know, one of the things that they're the most warnings about that I didn't really start recognizing more until recently was the warnings about being self-deceived. Mm. Kind of delusions of grandeur. Right? Proverbs explains this a little bit more. It says, Proverbs 21, 2, all of a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Wow. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Pretty intense, right? Yeah. But you know, we live this out. It, how many of y'all, now just be honest, got the Lord watching. How many of y'all like to win an argument? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like to win an argument, right? And see, for me, when I'm arguing about something, like I'm arguing about it like I am 100% yes. right. Yes. And I feel like I know the counter-arguments that are coming, and I can attack those to make those are weaker than my point. Anybody else like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold that thought for a second, and I'll explain that a little bit more. Hold that thought. So when we get into these 
warnings, you know, there's like the gentle warnings of like, hey, watch out, don't be prideful, right? And, you know, there's like the caution wet sign. But then there's also those warnings that we get that are like super serious. Like, look, in a school, if you can imagine what it's like when we go through a tornado warning. Right. Yeah. Or we go through a lockdown situation. Right. Which is like code red, active shooter. Right? We have all these things we have to prepare kids for, right? And the level of warning increases. Right? Well, God is that way too. And you see that come to a conclusion here in chapter 6, verse 7, where it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Wow. Man reaps what he sows. Wow. So here's the thing last July, I was 284 pounds. Right now, I'm 240. Come on. But last past January, I was 220. I've done some relapsing, haven't I? I fell back, right? So here, losing weight doesn't always help my chronic pain. All right, my, my, my pain is my pain. Right. But when I gain weight, do you think that helps or hurts? Man, it makes everything, it not only makes my back worse, like I started seeing doctors, and they started telling me of new problems I had. Like I had to go get tested for sleep apnea, right? I wasn't able to sleep through the night. Then I had, I had like a, a fatty tumor, or a, not a tumor, but like a fatty something growing in my liver because of the weight that I was gaining, right? And, and then I went to my back doctor, he's like, you need to lose some weight. And I went to my primary care doctor, he's like, you need to lose some weight. I was at the sleep apnea person. They're like, you need to lose some weight. You think I listen to any of those people? Mm -hmm. I didn't. <laughs> then I go see my dad down in Mobile. He's like, you need to lose like 50 pounds, son. Wow. I'm like, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> wow. You know what? But I still didn't listen to him. I still just kept eating away. And then I'm walking with my wife after that trip. And she's like, honey, you know, uh, I my body through what I did 
at the consequences of those decisions today. Wow. I am still dealing with it. I'm still dealing with the times that I ignored what doctors told me while I played. When I was insecure about what a coach thought of me and I rushed back to play too soon. Because I was worshiping an idol. And the consequences of that are still here today. Wow. They affect me that I couldn't go play soccer with my daughter. That I'm limited in how I can raise her and engage with her athletically. Something I loved in life, being athletic, I can't participate in anymore. Mm. Without consequences. Yeah. That could keep me out of work. That is a reality yes. that God has kept in my life for his glory. Amen. Now, he didn't treat me as my sins deserved, but he didn't take away my consequences either. Yep. All right. Come on. Now, I'll tell you another thing. As a Christian, there was a time where I was like, you know what? This whole sold out thing, maybe we can have a little bit more things that I like in here. Right? And... I was really pursuing coaching at a time that wasn't good for our family. McCoy was really young. And I got hooked up coaching, a lot of long hours. You don't realize that until you're coaching. High school football in Alabama, that you're going to be coming home at 11 o'clock at night on game night when you got a little one, right? And things were going well. I mean, I was coaching with a guy I really enjoyed coaching with at Woodlawn High School, made the playoffs, first time in like 17 years. We were heading down to Mobile to play in a game. He got a promotion and a job down in Mobile. Wow. He wanted me to come with him. You think I was fired up about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Since a little kid, I thought about being a football coach. All right? High school football coach. Little kid. That's always been there. All right? I've loved football my entire life. Right? And so then I'm all fired up about us moving down to Mobile, possibly, and taking advantage of this opportunity. But you know who wasn't fired up about it? Was <laughs> it? And so I really struggled with that. And it was interesting because I got all this advice. You know, like I called people I knew in Nashville. I, I, I called all these different people. And what happened is, is that they all gave me the same advice without talking to one another. They all would ask me, what does your wife think about it? And I was just like, Struggling with that. Because God gave me the answer, but I didn't, I didn't want that answer. Right. I didn't want that answer. And here's the thing. I wanted India to be more surrendered to my leadership of our family than I was to God. That makes sense? Like I was upset that she didn't trust me more to lead the family this way. But here, God is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get that point. You're not being that way with me. So that was a hard decision I had to fast about. I had to pray about. I had to be open about. And it wasn't one that was over in one conversation. It was messy. It took a long time. And at the end of the day, God was getting back to teaching me how to be more surrendered. Because after I made that decision, that's when things started really taking off 
about me being involved in administration. And that was God's plan, not my plan. Amen. Amen. But here's the thing. Consequences are real. And if you need clarification on that, all you have to do is look to the one that is known in the Bible as being a man after God's own heart. He's also being known as someone who fulfilled God's purpose for his life. Right? But when he made the decision that he did to sleep with Bathsheba, God's response to him was, why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil? Right. So what he did was justification for penalty of death. You understand that? By the Old Testament, he could have been killed, executed. But God told him he would not die, so there's the grace, right? There's the grace. He's not going to die. But then he tells them, the sword will never depart from your house. Out of your household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. And the son born to you will not some hard consequences he had to deal with for sleeping with Bathsheba and covering it up and killing one of the soldiers. Mm -hmm. Look, everybody in this room may not know what you're living like. Right. Right? I tell kids all the time as an administrator because I have to deal with discipline. I tell them all the time, look, I, I'm not a private investigator. I'm not going to follow you around. Right. Wow. All right? I'm just telling you that if you don't make good choices, you're going to end up right back here. And you're going to have some consequences. Right. So a universal truth that we're all dealing with in these parameters is that no matter how many people we're fooling, we're not fooling God. That's Amen. Right. Amen. That's right. We are not fooling God. And sin is serious. Yes. And there are consequences for sin. And what David was known for was that despite getting those consequences, he didn't become bitter towards God. Right. He deepened his relationship with God. Yeah. Wow. He fell more in love with God's grace. I know you have some consequences running in your lives right now. Yes. From sin that was unchecked. Yes. And going back a couple weeks ago, are we going to bring some light into that darkness? And now we're going to draw closer to God, which is what the Spirit would do. Mm. But we're going to get better. Mm. Right? Yep. Now, to bring it all to a close, when we talk about this, you know, just like to have a holistic conversation, you've got to talk about both sides of it. Like, consequences aren't just negative. There's positive ones, too. Yeah. Amen. And what I wanted you to leave on knowing, and I told you that we had a target before we left. Anybody remember the target? Faith expressing itself through? Love. There we go. We got the target back, right? So here's what I want you to think about. The amazing thing about God, one of the amazing, many amazing things, is that on top of the grace of salvation that he wants to give, he chooses to be a rewarder. I don't know why he does that. Like, I'm just like, can I get in? Right? right? Can I make it? Right? But God is so so full of his grace that he's like, you don't deserve to be here. But on top of that, when you pursue what is right, I'm going to reward you. Amen. God
reward. And if you don't believe me, write down those scriptures and look them up. He wants to be a rewarder when you pray in secret, when you give in secret, when you fast in secret. He wants to be a rewarder when you seek him with all your heart. You know, Brian referenced a scripture earlier about Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and not to harm you. That was a time when God's people were going to go face the consequences of their sin. Yep. They were being removed from their land and being captive because of their sin. He was reminding them, I still dream for you. Wow. That's the type of God that we worship. When you work, work to the Lord. Like, it blows my mind that on top of all this grace that God is giving in the gospel, that he would be a rewarder. Come on. Amen. So, to those in the fellowship, those listening that are weary and well-doing, mm. feeling like there's no value in what they bring to the table, I want to just remind you that God said at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest. Come on. Yeah. Come on. That's right. So before we go into taking communion, I want you to reflect on the beauty of this. That yes, there are consequences for our sin, but just as true as that is that God is a reward. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for the grace that you've given us. Father, I pray at this time that we can remember your son, all the sacrifice of your son. Father, I pray that you help us draw nearer to you and to each other. Strengthen us through your Holy Spirit, Father, we pray this in Jesus' name.